Hey yo, it's Cidro. Holler at the people. Ten thousand tacos, yo. Hey yo, they never call me Flaco. Ten thousand tacos. I like mine with cilantro. Ten thousand tacos. Twist the line, get the taco. Ten thousand tacos. Pour me some horchata while Cidro talk about it. It's ten thousand tacos. Hey yo, I probably ate ten thousand tacos. I can still eat ten thousand more though. Yo, yo, they might. Flaco, but they sure can call me Gordo. It's ten thousand tacos. What? What? Ten thousand tacos. What? What? Ten thousand tacos. Yo, 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 yo. Ten thousand tacos. Flow bomber. Is it gonna be tacos after this? I'm hella hungry, bro. Alright, cool. Caesar Mega. Hi everyone. Thanks. Again, for joining us on 10,000 Tacos, I'm Isidro Salas, your host. 10,000 Tacos is a podcast of short stories and personal experiences of what I like to call growing up tacos. I grew up watching my parents make a whole bunch of tacos and sell a whole bunch of tacos. And as a result, I pretty much ate a whole bunch of tacos. Man, those days spent selling tacos taught me a lot so grateful for that experience and and i like to think that it's part of the reason why i get to do what i'm doing today podcasting and talking about tacos and my experiences so thanks for joining us i really do appreciate you giving me the time Today on the show, we complete the third and final part of how my dad became the baddest taquero who roamed this earth. Again, just a little recap of our previous two episodes. My uh, father purchased his first food truck in the early 80s. He then went on to get a bigger food truck, which he rented. And eventually he and my mother purchased their own. And started selling tacos and burritos and tortas and chiladas and all this great other stuff on a busy corner in East San Jose on the weekends. And in the second part, I told you about that price point that my father picked uh, and it ended up coming up with, which was an awesome, great pricing strategy with that price point of $1.25 he was able to attract customers. And when those customers got there (laughs) or got to the truck, most, if not all, were treated to a bigger and way, way better taco. And that's how he was able to separate himself from the competition. In this third part, I want to talk to you a little bit more about why I think he's a badass taquero. Now, my dad would never refer to himself as a taquero, yet alone proclaim that he's a badass taquero. That's not him. My father, he's just too modest. He would never even say he's a pioneer. And even if he were, he'd not pay attention to that because that wouldn't be important. He'd never say he's an entrepreneur. I don't even think 
he didn't even know what that means. And it's not for a lack of intelligence. The best way I could describe my dad and the reason why I think he was a badass taquero is my, my dad. Now, let's see if I could explain it right. My dad was always game. I get that word from where I grew up. I grew up in East San Jose. And when you said you were game, it meant that you were down. That I'm, I'm in. Like, let's do this. Now, it, it may sound like a little slang. I mean, that's the way we spoke back then. So, for example, if, if somebody said, hey, you guys want to go grab some, some tacos? I'd be like, I'm game. That means that you're in. You're going to do it. But it meant more than that for my dad. When I say that my dad was game, imagine being in a team. You're cooperative. You can count on me. My dad just did what he was supposed to do. And not just when he purchased his first truck. For example, the decision for him to relocate and move us all north to San Jose. I'm sure there was a conversation with my mother and they both decided, hey, we got to do this. Or maybe my mom suggested, I don't know, but whatever it was, my dad was game. Let's get it done. Let's do it. And with that trait, how could he go wrong? That's not to say nothing ever went wrong because things definitely went wrong. There were times that the business was slow and they had to do other things to get it done. That's what my dad was. He was game. Let me give you an example. Sometime after he had purchased La Chiquita, the starter on the, the engine went out in the middle of the day. That meant that the truck wouldn't start. The engine just wouldn't turn over. Would that would not stop him? He'd figure out a way to keep going, no matter what. My dad, he was not handy. And he, he was not a mechanic. He, he wasn't one of those guys that knew under the hood stuff. But he didn't have a great set of tools to get the truck fixed. But what my dad did have was the willingness to go and figure it out. He was game. He had lots of friends. And some of these friends were mechanics. They were handymen, concrete workers, roofers. I mean, all kinds of trades. My dad knew a lot of them because again, my parents were very welcoming. And so when people would taste their food, they customers would become good friends. And so my dad asked around and said, hey, I got a little problem with the truck. And some people said, well, this thing you should do. And, you know, and next thing you know, my dad pulls out this palanca, which is like a crowbar. <laughs> and he would go underneath the truck and do something. And then he'd ask us, hey, go ahead and turn the keys and turn the engine over. And turn the keys and in order to start the engine. And voila, it starts up. That's how I learned what a starter was because I would see my dad go under the truck and he's like, hey, you know, do this and do that. I'm like, well, what are you doing? He's like, oh, this is what they told me what to do. And now he eventually would get it fixed, but when it would happen again, he'd know what to do and he'd know how to get going. That's what I mean. He was game. Things like that would have stopped other people. 
would have said, ah, man, that's it. This isn't for me. My dad, nah. He was game. Let me give you another example. This one's a little bit more personal to me. <laughs> so, on one Sunday morning, I think I was about like 12 years old. I went with him to wash the truck. Now, it wasn't like I volunteered. I was like voluntold. And we would do this occasionally. You know, one of us would go help my dad. You know, my brothers, they would do it too. My sister would do it as well. And today was just my turn. So we'd go to the warehouse to go get the truck all ready. And this was on a Sunday so that we could get the truck ready for Monday. Because Monday was always brutal. And so I remember he told me, okay, while he was cleaning all of the inside of the truck, the kitchen area, I went down on the floor where all the merchandise would be stocked, all the potato chips, the shelves, and where you would put all the ice and the sodas and stock it up and merchandise it. And see, he asked me to do that. So I did, and I started doing it. And by the time I was done, I mean, it looked nice. I mean, the sodas were lined up perfectly, the orange juices, everything that he had taught me how to merchandise to make things attractive, it was all set up. The potato chips, every single slot was full all the pies that needed to be put out on the floor, just making it so that on Monday morning, this would be perfect. So we spent about a good two to three hours doing that. And it's a Sunday. So of course, you know, we want to be at home, but no, we had to go do this. So the truck looks good. And as we're heading out, I've always been very good with my bearings. I know where the south is. I know where the north is. And I know what, and I know how to get home. And as we're heading home, I'm going, uh, we're not going home. And he says to me, well, let's drive over to the fairgrounds. There's a little concert going on today. And let's just see if there's some people out there. You know, maybe we could sell a little bit and, and get a few extra bucks. And I'm thinking, nah, man, I just stocked that truck. It looks nice and clean. And you know what I mean, right? Like sometimes after you wash your car, you don't want anybody looking at it. You don't want, you don't even want to drive it because you don't want it to get dirty. Well, that's how I felt about <laughs> this, the, the, the stuff that I had done, the merchandising and the stocking. And so when he said, let's go out and see if we could sell a little bit, I thought, well, okay, well, maybe we'll sell a little bit. So anyway, we get to the fairgrounds, and my dad goes, and he parks somewhere close by. And, and you could tell there's a lot of cars there, but there are not a lot of people. And I'm sitting there going, telling my dad, well, you know what, Dad? I I don't think there's a lot of people here. Mira, no, no hay nadie aquí. There's nobody here. Uh, todos están adentro, you know, meaning that there's nobody here and everybody's inside. And of course, <laughs> he'd be like, whatever. He just didn't even listen to me, right? Because that was usually what I would do. Remember, I hated selling tacos. I hated going out there. I, I admit it. I, I, I didn't like doing it. And, and so I was trying to talk my dad out of it. But soon enough, we're sitting there. And a little bit of a crowd starts trickling out. And first, it's just a few a few of those stop at the truck and one gets a soda a few other people start trickling down and, and another person you know they get chips and and you look around and we're the only truck out there so a few of these people passing by start ordering tacos and then a few more people come out and now there's more people coming out and they order tacos and before you knew it <laughs> 
was a huge crowd just waiting to order. It looked like a scene from the floor of like the stock market in New York when people are just buy this and buy that. And it was just crazy. And people were just yelling out stuff. Before you knew it, it was just packed. My dad had a bunch of tortillas on the grill. He had some carne asada grilling on there. He had already made some lengua. He had warmed it up. And of course, I didn't know this because I was down when we were cleaning the truck, supposedly. He was up there cooking. He had this planned out all along. But I didn't even have time to complain because people were just, Quiero cinco tacos de asada. One person yells out from here and, and to my left. And to my right, cuatro de lengua y dos de asada. Look to my right, and I'm trying to write this down, give the order to my dad. And, and in the middle, somebody's like, Dame cinco de cabeza, con todo. And I'm like, No hay cabeza. Pues, entonces de lengua. And they're just yelling. And I mean, they're throwing their money at me, and I'm ordering, and I'm writing it down. My dad is putting some tacos together, and just with cilantro, cebolla, and the chile on there. And he's just churning them out little by little, just going one by one. And we're just getting this done. I mean, it, it, it was just pandemonium, right? And, and I'm sitting there just trying to be his assistant, right? He's like, dame mas carne, so he could warm it up. And it was just pretty, it was, it was wild. And, you know, normally when we'd have these type of events, my dad and my mom would say, all of us have to go because the crowds are so big that we have to all pitch in and and on certain events i remember that all of us would go my dad would be cooking the tacos my mom would be doing the prep stuff one of us would be charging the other two would be down in, in on the floor selling the chips and making sure everything was proper but not on this day it was just my dad and myself and we had a huge crowd and man <laughs> about what it seemed to be the whole day but it was really more like two hours Without stopping, we ran out of meat. We ran out of tortillas. We ran out of chips. We were done. I mean, the truck was a mess. The floor inside was a mess. And, and when I went down to where the sodas were at and the chips, everything was just a mess. Every, what didn't get purchased was just a, in shambles. The ice was all over the place. There hardly any drinks. It was just a mess. <laughs> And after all that, he says to me, and I'm kind of looking at him like, man, did we just do what we just did? And he looks at me just calmly with this nice little smile. And he says, Ahora sí podemos comprarle una lavadora a tu mamá. Which means, now we can purchase a washer for your mom. And, you know, my dad, Going back to him, just, he was game. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew what had to get done. And on that day, he knew that maybe if we go out there, we'd make enough money to put a smile on my mom's face. And he did that. So that's why I think my dad was the baddest taquero to roam the earth. Or at least one of the baddest. The tacos would come out great. And they kept coming out great. And people kept coming back. Because he was game. 
so as I wrap up this series, you know, of how my father became one of the baddest taqueros to roam the earth, it's, I'll leave you with this taco. And that when you make great tacos, you got game. That is all for this episode and this part three of how my father became one of the baddest taqueros who roamed this earth. Join us next time as we kind of change a few things up. Um, you're still going to hear my voice, but I would like to ask you guys a favor. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a, a review. But also take advantage of sending me an email, comments at 10ktacos.com. If you could recommend a place for me to go visit, what I'd like to do is talk to the people who are making your tacos. I'd like to interview them. I'd like to hear a little bit more about their stories because I know my father's not the only one. There's plenty of businesses out there that make some kick-ass tacos. And I'd like to get to know people like that. So if you know somebody, a business owner, a taquero, that you think could probably have a good story, trust me, it probably is. So thanks again for joining us. Drop us a line. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you like to hear. I'm Isidro Salas, and this is 10,000 Tacos. Tacos.